Hi, this is Paul Hemming. And Galen Oaks from Future Factory, the platform and membership that invites you to design your own adventure through sight and sound. And we're on the edge of NFT, your gateway to embark on an adventure through the ever-evolving landscape of Web3. Keep listening. Hi, NFT Curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode and learn how Future Factory has transformed 20 years of immersive spatial design ideation into a vibrant, multidimensional, and experiential membership that lasts a lifetime. Plus how obtaining their very own spaceship completes one creator's artistic vision. And hear how BNV is bringing fashion to Web3 through NFT-backed ecosystems that take fashion to the outer edge and beyond. And before we roll on, don't forget that our Outer Edge LA event recently returned to LA March 20th to the 23rd, 2023. You can now catch up on all the discussions, presentations, and more. You can head on over to watch.outeredge.live and register with just your email address. Then you'll have access to over 60 captivating conversations and performances. Binge watchers are welcome. Netflix, watch out. See you inside. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Paul Hemming and Galen Oaks, two deeply creative minds behind Future Factory, a venture that's redefining the landscape of immersive music and art. Let's get a little bit on Paul. Drawing from a diverse tapestry of life experiences, Paul's path has been anything but conventional. From obtaining a film degree to running a record store in Oakland, these experiences have shaped him into a creative force. Now he channels his amalgamation of sight and sound into this ambitious project, Future Factory, in L.A. He sees this endeavor as a testament to the limitless potential of an imagination unfettered and the realization of unbound dreams. Accompanying Paul today is Galen Oaks, the creative director at Future Factory. Galen is a visionary digital architect from Northern California, blending tech, humanity, and nature. From Bali to San Francisco, his vibrant creativity has transformed passion into a profession. With notable ventures in music, fashion, blockchain, and Web3, Galen's groundbreaking NFT project showcased his unique style and AI expertise. As a creative director at Future Factory, he shapes narratives integrating Web3 and AI across diverse initiatives. Together today, we'll explore Future Factory. It's a lifetime membership space that merges a nightclub, art gallery, marketplace, yoga studio, and more offering an extraordinary immersive and communal experience. Future Factory has roots in three distinct cities, each echoing a different facet of this artistic convergence. It's worth mentioning, if you're listening on the podcast, you can catch the video and you can see Paul and Galen live in Future Factory space, which is really incredible. And we also had the opportunity to partner with Future Factory as part of Outer Edge LA this past year, and it was an incredible partnership. Paul, Galen, welcome to Edge of NFT. Good to have you here. <laughs> Technical difficulties, welcome to Future Factory. Thank you for having us. I mean, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Yeah, man. I've been excited to have on the books for a while. It was such a blast to hang out with you guys at Future Factory for the whole week of Outer Edge. And have you guys at our event. And I remember that first moment that we met. And I was like, now that I'm like reading your bio or hearing your whole bio, I'm like, man, I knew Paul reminded me of someone. I think his name was like Richard Branson or something like that. I wonder if you guys have some of the same DNA. Oh, definitely an inspiration. Richard, Elon. I mean, they're all truly inspirational entrepreneurs on the planet, really pushing the frontier. And we're excited to be doing our own experimentations here in this project. I mean, it's been a 20-year journey for me, so it's really exciting to be in LA. The energy here is so inspirational. There's so much creative energy, and so we're just excited to be here. Making a lot of progress. You can see the rooms come to life here. Yeah, it almost feels like Future Factory is just like a life-size choose-your-own-adventure game. Maybe we can just start things off by telling our listeners a little bit of the inspiration behind this amazing project. 
I'll interrupt real quick because okay. this is an audio show too. And visually, your space is so interesting. And I just want to give the listeners a little taste. So right now, and Josh and I have been in this space. It's a huge, gigantic warehouse space. And then there's multiple parts of the property. But the space that Paul and Galen are joining us in right now basically has LED screens or some type of video projection screens everywhere in the space. And so they could basically create some sort of like a holodeck experience and kind of do anything they want. So we're seeing kind of outer space drifting across the top and some really cool avatar images in the background. So just to give you a little taste of what everybody's referring to when they say that the space is incredible. So back to the inspiration behind this, Paul would love to hear about it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many inspirations. It's a lifetime of inspiration, right? I mean, just as a kid, I'm just a kid. I'm in my toys have just gotten bigger, but I love immersive experiences. I've been building immersive entertainment complexes for about 20 years now. I mean, I think it started with my record store after our spot in Oakland. So like, that's where like I was DJing, went from film school to DJing to opening a record store. And so I always wanted to reinvent any kind of endeavor that I started. And the record store was such a kind of a fascinating microcosm of the nightlife community. You had the record, the DJs and the label owners. And the club kids would come to get the flyers. And there was just this entire community. And I really designed it in a way that made it immersive. And we had a music studio in the basement. We threw parties. And that was the seed that grew into everything that I'm doing now. I was able to open the first nightclub, Temple, in San Francisco in 2007. And I was always committed to immersing everybody in artwork, right? Having installations everywhere. I had a bunch of friends that were artists that I'd met over the years. And this was years before I'd actually opened the art gallery. And I just would turn the entire experience into something that was memorable before people were using words like immersive. It was really important to surround the space with art and kind of depart from a traditional nightclub design where you just had like flashing lights and movers, but instead like you were embedded in a sculpture. And my fascination with art began at an early age too. I started collecting stamps. So I guess those are the, the original NFTs for stamps. And then it went to baseball cards and comics. And now I trade actual art pieces. So there was a natural kind of fusion of like music and art have been the two driving forces of my creative process. Like music has always been for me a spiritual experience. The record store was called Zen City Records. And music was always like a Zen state of mind for me. I mean, being at the oneness with the moment. And so that's kind of the original brand. And then artwork just blew my mind. Certain pieces, you know, I didn't go to art school, but like I was drawn to certain types of art, art that could crystallize the unfathomable, something that just spoke to you instantly and just wanted you to gaze into it and try to understand it. And so I've spent the last 20 years blending these two passions together. And it's continued to iterate and evolve. The nightclub has given me the ability to experiment at a high level with all these different business modules. Nightclubs can be very wasteful in the use of space. A lot of times it's a Friday or Saturday for four hours where it comes to life. But other than that, it's empty. And so I was always looking for different ways to throw events. So then I came up with the co-working component, brought in a bunch of entrepreneurs in there. It was a membership model similar to WeWork. I was able to take money from the nightclub and start investing into different tech companies as well. A lot of like our own incubator. And so I invested into different companies that were in music and entertainment technology. And it was a perfect kind of synergistic ecosystem, daytime, nighttime. There was a health and wellness component. Yoga instructors would come in sometimes and offer to be able to teach yoga classes in the space during the daytime. So I was always looking for as many different ways to evolve and adapt the space and give people a reason to stay like all day and all night. In 2015, we were able to orchestrate our first phase of what I call cell division of mitosis, taking the DNA of the 15 years of experimentation at that point and drop it into Denver. We didn't really have much experience or knowledge of Denver, but our plan was to take this and around the world. And so Denver just became the first city that we chose to do that experiment in and it blew up. We have the number one nightclub in Denver and it was really exciting to see the community grow around the project. And then the pandemic knocked it all down as it did to everything. So that was a really challenging moment for the entire world. I mean, for the organization, I mean, I watched 20 years of entrepreneurial effort all come crashing down. So it was tragic for everybody and it was definitely a dark time. Humbling. A lot of uncertainty. It was humbling. It was humbling for everyone, almost everyone. Everyone, yeah. everyone. And so <laughs> I had to sit with just that reality of watching everything that I spent my lifetime building potentially disappear forever. But what started out actually destructive ultimately became a creative process. And we got lucky with uh, some government uh, stimulus money to come back and 
we decided to come down to LA. So I got a two-year break. I got to watch all the building blocks of all of my experiments in front of me and the incredible opportunity to come back. And LA has always been a dream of mine to come down here. And this was the moment that we seized to bring the Future Factory down to LA, which is the new concept, which is the amalgamation and the merging and synthesis of everything that we've spent 20 years doing. Yeah. And I think sounds like there's two, I was going to ask you what the secret here is. We got yoga probably a little bit and then the 20 years of experience, but I don't know how else you're going to pull off all this stuff without getting very stressed out. <laughs> it's very relaxed. Well, <laughs> it looks all relaxed there, but I'm sure it takes a lot to put this well, together. Yeah. Fortunately, Paul has an amazing team, including Galen. And I imagine Galen, you were sucked up into the Paul Hemming vortex at some point along the journey. I actually met Paul 14 years ago. I'm from Northern California originally and came down to San Francisco with a camera and was just cruising around San Francisco. So fascinated by the city. I'd never been in a city before. I grew up in a very rural part of California. And so I was going everywhere with my camera and went into Temple Nightclub one night. I was taking photos just for fun. And I ended up taking photos of current marketing director at the time, Jenny Dozier. And so Jenny is like, oh, these are great photos. You should come work for us. And so I started taking photos once or twice a week. And then I started taking video. I had a 5D Mark II, which kind of revolutionized uh, digital video at the time and started doing video and Paul liked the video. And then I created Temple TV. I created a WordPress website called the Temple TV and was hosting all the videos that I was taking. So me and Paul go back 14 years. We went our separate ways. Since then, I've been an artist, an entrepreneur, always fascinated with technology, discovered AI over the summer. When Paul came down to LA with Mirrors, we kind of reconnected and had a conversation in January. And he's like, I have this project called Future Factory. I want to create a membership layer to it. I want the memberships to be NFTs. So I came on as an advisor and we started talking about how we could make these memberships unique and use AI to power them. Yes. Yeah, so I would really love to hear kind of about what you guys are thinking in terms of this lifetime membership concept. I would love maybe from Paul, a little bit of a rundown on why you chose to do a lifetime thing and what you envision there. Yes. So the membership model has been an experiment that I've done over the years. I mean, we made an app probably about eight years ago for the nightclub that people could download. And it was a way that we were gamifying the experience. So um, this is four square days, like you earn points for showing up, you could check in on Facebook, you could put friends on the guest list, you could upload photos. And we had a way to keep track of points for all of this, and then you could earn different rewards. So there was that experiment that we did for a couple of years. And then we also had a god and goddess membership card that we would give out to different friends. And so if they just showed up, they could flash the card, you know, they had a private line, come right in. It was a way for the club to know friends that I had and different promoting partners that we had. And so I'd always wanted to launch a membership model. And with the Future Factory, the whole intention is building this lifestyle brand. And it's all the things that I want in my life, the quality of life that I want, right? I want music and art and creativity and community and wellness and I want to offer that to everybody that comes here. And the idea of the lifetime membership was, how do I just offer something so over the top, just full of value? Like, I love this line. I was like, unlock a lifetime of utility, right? Choose your own adventure. That was my favorite book as a kid. And it's just like, life is an adventure. And what choice do you want to make? Unlock a lifetime of utility. So I thought I would just go over the top with like, because I was studying all the NFTs, right? Fascinated by art. As soon as NFT jumped, jumped on the scene, I was like researching it. I'd had this concept for this fractional museum concept about five years ago that I was working on, where you could like own a piece of history. I was going to fractionalize a collection of art that you could buy into and own a piece of. And so when I was studying all of the NFT projects and looking at PFPs and grasping how utility was really the future, and that's really what people wanted. And that so much of what happens in these projects, I see a lot of empty promises or promise like some cool utility down the line, we'll throw some cool party. And I just had this moment, where I was like, wow, we have built all the services and experiences that people want already. And what if we gave them a lifetime access, right? How many could we sell? How many could we service? How much money could we raise? And then I just got really excited because I was like, wow, this is going to be the key to being able to fund expansion, fund cell division, and truly deliver on the promise of a lifetime of utility because we've been here for a lifetime already. We've been yeah. open for 15 plus years. 
We're in three cities. We survived the pandemic. So I really believe that we can provide, we can deliver on that lifetime of utility. And I want to be able to reward people for believing in the vision and believing in the dream and wanting to come in early and say, you are a founder, you are a future factory, futurist founding member. And that has its benefits and it comes with a lifetime of access. So yeah, it's totally. And I had the privilege of seeing sort of the LA downtown location and its early infancy and how your crew of 20 plus folks came in and just transformed it into basically the vision in your head. I felt like I needed a hard hat or something, but there's a lot of components here that we should break down because it melds wellness, yoga, co-working, nightlife, and art. Without sort of moving the camera around, can you kind of talk us through a little bit of a tour of the space? Yeah, absolutely. So V1 of this project in San Francisco was in one building, in one 40,000 square foot building. There's a basement, three levels, and a rooftop. The second version was in Denver. It was two buildings, side-by-side conjoined with openings. And the third version in LA is more of a campus. So it's really what I've been looking for in this evolutionary journey. More space, indoor, outdoor, connecting volumes of space that can be utilized for different purposes at different times of the day. So I've always been searching for like maximum utility, maximum functionality, modularity. And so that's what we're doing here. Like in this room, this is the holodeck, the Cubitron, the immersive experiential entertainment space, one of them, but it's a sound and light healing chamber. It's a podcasting studio. It's a film set. It's a hackathon space. It's whatever it needs to be. So this is the main show-stopping room that when people come in through our tunnel of light and blast through the wormhole fog screen that we're installing, they're entering into a new dimension of nightlife. So that's the jumping off point. As soon as they come through the space, they're always presented with kind of like a fork of options. You go out into building C, which is a 360 projection mapped room that will also serve a multifunctional space. We'll be doing film shoots in there, aerialists, performers, will be dancers, however we can use the space all day, all night. We had a fire-breathing transformer creature during Outer Edge. That's Cryo Man, absolutely. We had Ice Cream Chuck, the adult puppet show, the beat-making puppet (laughs) rapper, and then we had the stilt-walking, flame-throwing robot. We had a UFO on a scissor lift. So it is an immersive circus, right? It's the future factory and the interdimensional circus. That's one of our taglines there. So... There's three essential event spaces, right? And then from the event space, there's two more buildings that you can access. One is the marketplace. So that's where the record store will live, the clothing store boutique, where we'll be working with different local fashion designers. That's our merchandise, our version of the Disney gift shop. When you're exiting and you're like, I want to buy the hat, I want to buy the shirt, I want to buy some artwork, I want to buy some music, I want to buy some clothing. And that's where you buy the NFT. That's the end of the sales funnel where this whole experience is really giving you the experiential moments that will want to steer you to buying one of the memberships. And then on the other side, there's going to be a giant robot head and you'll be able to go into the museum through the robot head. There'll be an immersive music instrument there, like a jam station, like a modular jam station where five people can press buttons, turn knobs, make the robot talk and make music essentially. And eventually it'll print your experiment and be able to turn that into an NFT as well. And then through that, there'll be a museum with about 200 original pieces, some of which will be augmented. I've had this vision about augmenting a museum where you have original pieces, you could stand in front, hit a trigger with like Apple glasses or something, and you would have the artist pop up like Princess Leia, (laughs) you know, out of like R2-D2 and tell you about the piece, right? Instead of like listening with the headphones, you actually have the artist tell you about their process and about the piece that they created. It's a vision I've had for years. And then you go into the art gallery space, which is also a co-working space, community, lounge. And then upstairs, we have the makerspace labs. And then you go over across the tunnel and then you go into the daytime yoga space. <laughs> nice. Is there daycare? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> Night care, what we do. Night we do care. care for adults, right? There because <laughs> we never really grow up, you know? <laughs> nice. It's incredible. And it it has to come from a vision that starts from somewhere. It's pretty impressive. You guys are incorporating AI in some sort of creatively charged IRL stuff. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you're integrating some AI into things? Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about kind of the starting point and I'll kick it over to Galen and can kind of break down the process a little bit. But I'm a futurist, right? We all are. And so I can hear the future in music. I can see it in art and I can grasp it in ideas. And 
anytime something pops up, I'm on it, right? Projection mapping we were doing like 10 years ago. Motion connect interactivity, we were doing it. And as soon as AI emerged, I was all about it. Like, how can we optimize using ChatGPT to write blog posts and to write bios and to just kind of help fine tune and iterate ideas to have like a brilliant assistant, right? Available at any moment to answer your questions. It's just like, it's incredible. We really are living in the future. And when it came to the NFT side of things, we've done a bunch of experiments. I've always wanted to create, I thought, how cool would it be to do completely original NFT? So much of it is just like a templatized thing. There's a certain formulaic approach where there's some creativity. But I thought with MidJourney, there was an opportunity to create 10,000 completely one-of-one avatars and to also give the customer the ability to choose what they identify with, right? So much of it is like randomized and then you have to trade the one that you have for the one that has the same hair color as you. It's like you see that happening, right? That demand for having something that's reflective of what you identify with. And so with those kind of conceptual building blocks, I saw the opportunity where the cost to be able to create unique avatars was now available to us. And so I conceptualized this spectrum of types that I wanted to reflect all of my interest in history, with archetypes, with cultural icons. And we just kind of came up with about 100 different types. So I was able to kind of program in and say, okay, I want the goddess, the warrior, the priest, the shaman, the sorcerer, the hacker, whatever different type that we could come up with. And then I handed it over to Galen to work his magic. He's been doing some amazing stuff with AI. I was watching some a couple projects that he did. and It was just blowing my mind, just like how brilliant some of these pieces were. And so I knew he was the perfect guy to be able to add his magic to really bring them to life, as you can see in the background. So I'll let him kind of talk more about his process and what his journey that he has been on to be able to kind of gain mastery of that tool. Yeah, I'm a creative. And I just want to say, first and foremost, that being a creative, I embrace AI and any tool that I can use to radically generate ideas. So big fan of AI and all the potential that it holds. I worked on an NFT project about two years ago that Paul saw. It was actually like live generating avatars and 3D scanning them. He saw that. And with that project, along with some of the mid-journey art that I was creating over the summer, that began our conversation. But I think to date, I've clocked around 400 hours on Midjourney since July and tens of thousands and thousands of art pieces. And when we were starting to talk about the membership, the utility isn't in the art. It's extracted over time through coming into the experience, which is the future factory. So we didn't really need to worry about rarities and attributes and all of those things like that because every avatar gives the same utility. It's the same gold. So we thought we were playing around with the idea of doing one-on-one avatars and using Midjourney to generate all of them. So for the first collection, we created 1,111 one-of-one avatars. There's 50 different categories and about 20 different variations of each category. And the two prompts that I used in every avatar was 50 millimeter to define the framing of the art and octane render to define the style. In between those two prompts, I like, got really psychedelic with words that were all attached to the foundation of the characters that Paul provided me. So Paul kind of gave me characters and different types of beings that he wanted to create. And then I got really psychedelic with the prompting. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I think we could mention this, Josh. I mean, we will be releasing an AI podcast soon. We'll just put that out there. So just to tease that. But this is the type of thing we want to talk about on there in some cases is just the interesting use cases people are doing. I think a lot of us have messed with MidJourney a little bit, but you've gone a little bit deeper and been able to pull off some really cool stuff that I think the average person can't. So there may be a deep dive with Galen at some point in the near future. And for full disclosure to our audience, we are members of Future Factory and we had a chance to go through the minting process and choose avatars that represented the likes and interests, passions of our team and some pretty special ones popped up. So um, some incredible art that will show our audience visually if they're listening on YouTube or Sling TV. So sort of sum it all up, you guys are doing some incredible stuff. You have a grand vision and there's a really ambitious roadmap going forward too. And Paul, I'd love to sort of just touch on any of the partnerships, artist collaborations or other features in the future of Future Factory. That's a tongue twister there. Yeah, absolutely. We've been under construction for about a year now. The grand opening, it's a moving target of sorts, but we're approaching that date. I think we're going into a 90-day march here, beginning June 1st. But in the meantime, we've really just been opening up the space, doing a few select events, and just seeing kind of who shows up, right? 
we really want to build the community organically, right? So it's like we're curating all of these interconnected communities and there's different verticals, right? We have the nightlife community and the art community and the wellness community and the Web3 community. And so with that commitment, we're really lining up a bunch of partners, some incredible people that we met at the Outer Edge event. That was really inspiring. And it was really great to be there and spend like two or three days, just like every single day we were there, we're meeting incredible people. So we're, we want to be the hub for Web3. Like we want to be able to provide the space for all of the communities to come in and throw their IRL events. We've mastered that part. We know how to throw events. We have the space for it. We want those communities to come in. And so right now we're planting seeds. We're planting interdimensional seeds. The more the merrier. If there's anybody that has a project that wants to, you know, hit us up and plug in. I mean, that's what we want to do. We're really here to support all of the vibrant cultural threads in this incredible city and NFTs and Web3 and blockchain and augmented reality. I mean, anybody that has a project in any of those sectors, we'd love to work with. Yeah, and obviously our collab for Outer Edge LA was just the beginning. I'm sure there'll be more adventures in our future as well. Yeah, so uh, thanks a lot for all the answers, the questions and the inspiration and everything, guys. I think we'll head on over to our special Spotlight Hot Topic segment now. So let's get rolling with that soon. Our featured guest can jump on camera and we'll give an intro for him and what's going on. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or if you received that chain letter, how did you block it? And does blockchain taste better, barbecued or deep fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them and also train you in real world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. Today's hot topic features Nathan Minsberg of BNV, the virtual destination for designers, creators, and global fashion brands. Nathan is a trilingual content producer and creative strategist with over a decade experience in Asia, Europe, and the Middle East with an affinity for mediated semiotics and audiovisual experiences, elevating human agency. He has worked on high-profile projects in film and TV production, advertising, PR, and journalism. In 2017, he directed and released his first documentary film. Nate, welcome to Edge of NFT. We're excited to talk about this. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you, Nate. And like, it's such a appropriate episode, right? Where we're talking about sort of this IRL visually stimulating immersive experience. And you've been breaking ground in the digital world in this area for quite a while. Could you share a little bit about how digital fashion is acting as a platform for co-creation in your latest project? Yeah, for sure. And actually, first of all, as a side note, it's quite funny because I actually bumped into Galen in New York when we were there for NFT NYC. That's where we met. And this is the second time where we seem to be meeting. And we had a very deep conversation inside a nightclub about what is IRL experiences and what does it mean to bring this sort of digital landscape into the lives of people physically, digitally, fidgetly. And so it's great to be here. And yeah, so what we're doing at BNV is really sort of building an ecosystem first and foremost. And it might sound like a very sort of technical word, but really we believe that there's no reasoning behind NFTs if it's not backed up by an entire ecosystem that allows for these digital assets to actually have influence, power, and especially power for the user himself and not just the brands and the creators that come in. So BNV is brand new vision. We deal mostly with digital fashion. We've also moved over the last few months into digital fashion as well. But the idea is that we work with big brands from Tommy Hilfiger, Coach, Diane von Frostenberg, smaller up-and-coming designers like Victor Vine Santo and Natasha Zinko. And we basically help them transition into this 
new exciting landscape that is Web3. We build in-house all of our wearables with an incredible team of 3D designers and metaverse tailors. But then we also build all of the smart contracts. We own land in various metaverse worlds from Sandbox, Decentraland, High Street. And we're basically also about to launch, which is the most exciting part over the next few weeks, our own metaverse world called BNV World. BNV World is a little different to other worlds. It's an infinite loop rather than a flat surface world. Your avatar, which we've built, it's our own unique avatar system. Your avatar comes naked, you dress it, you modify it with text to image AI, and you're basically also able to onboard and import your PFPs into this world so that you basically give a three-dimensional body to what is otherwise a two-dimensional JPEG, if you will. I just want the ability to eat pizza, ice cream, and steak whenever I want, and pasta in particular, without my avatar gaining weight. That's the goal. So that's the goal for some, because there's also I think the, that's achievable, Josh. <laughs> there's also the, the dynamic avatar ideology that actually, if you're running through a forest and you hit a rock, then actually your garment should be torn up. Or if you spend a couple of years lost inside the forest with no food, then you should get skinnier. So everybody has their own different understanding of what it means to be an avatar in the virtual world. But definitive sort of answer is that you can be anything and you want to be. I want to throw the avatar I minted for Future Factory into your virtual world. I think that would be pretty dope. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, we actually created the smart contract in a way where we can upgrade the assets that are attached to them. So our plan for long term is to be able to actually turn that portrait into a skin that you can walk around whatever metaverse you prefer. So that's exactly our thinking. We're not trying to be a closed off metaverse where we want people to just come into our world and play within our system. We're actually a base. We want people to come in, dress and modify, but actually what we provide is interoperable copies of your high resolution wearables so that you can go into various different worlds, still wearing your asset and earning from it in various play, wear, earn, craft ways. But also, like you said, Galen, we want people to come in and sort of take their board apes and crypto punks and doodles and sort of be able to wear them as a skin on top of the face and the helmet. That's awesome. You mentioned interoperability. I guess that's so essential, especially in digital fashion. And so really appreciate taking strides to make sure that that's a possibility. How far along are you in terms of making interoperability possible and some of the challenges and looking into the future of how that works? For sure. So we are already making interoperable digital assets. A lot of it is done manually through hard labor in-house. That means that you buy a high resolution and then our team of designers converts it into voxelated format, low res for DCL, and so on and so on. What we are currently working on in-house and are very excited about is finding a way to scale up this process through, of course, our favorite two letters, AI, and doing so by basically training machines to learn the different aesthetics of different worlds and allowing that process to be done a lot more automatically, if you will. Very cool. And we met you and the rest of the team recently, and this is sort of hopefully the beginning of many more adventures to come. We're really excited about the adaption of real world use cases to traditional fashion brands, and you guys are pioneering in that way. But before we adjourn this sort of beginning conversation, would love to talk a little bit more about the role of tokenization and BNB and how it impacts the digital fashion ecosystem. Yeah, so tokenization is everything. We're not trying to do agency work of beautiful videos and 3D sort of content. Everything for us goes through tokenization because we believe in co-creation. So a brand offers a product, but then the end user should be able to modify it or play around with it. And also, most importantly, earn passively or actively through different digital experiences. So tokenization in simple terms, it's your authentication, your certificate of ownership, but it's also your membership. It's where you can rack up points. It's where you can be told that this is London Fashion Week. And right now you get exclusive access to the Mark Jacobs show just because you're a G holder from the BNV membership team. So these sort of like exclusive access passes and experiences is something that we're definitely bagging a lot on. And the second part is that we really believe that where fashion is going in the digital landscape through AI and all of the different game engine abilities that you have to create, that brands are going to have to become more and more comfortable with the idea of creating together with their customers rather than ahead of the trends, if you will. Yeah, 
exciting to hear about and envision and look forward to kind of playing around and especially the metaverse sounds really cool. Unfortunately, we have to wrap the segment. This is We don't always have a lot of time for the hot topic, but before we roll, can you give folks an idea where they can go to find out more, to follow along and keep abreast of the story? Yes, definitely. So head over to bnv.me and you'll find out everything you need about BNV. And excitingly, watch out because over the next few weeks, we're launching the Me ID station, M-E-I-D. And that is essentially the first phase of BNV World, which is the wardrobe system, avatar creation station, and you'll be able to do a lot of fun things in there, including, as I mentioned, text-to-image modification of garments and onboarding and importing of your PFP personalities. Very, Very fun cool. stuff. That sounds incredible. I mean, whenever you want to do a fashion show here, we could do a digital fashion show here at the Future Factory, right? Where we could have an actual in real life fashion show and then simulcast it in the metaverse. We've actually working with these incredible partners called Red Pill VR. They have some mind blowing tech. They're streaming. They have a DJ setup where DJ shows up and he records a set and streams simultaneously into the metaverse where you can meet with friends all around the world. And I think if we did a version of the fashion show with that technology. I would love to. This is exactly the kind of experiences we want to do. We do everything from holograms, AR filters, metaverse activations. And I'm pretty sure I handshaked with Galen at some point a few months ago that we would work together. So it will happen. Yeah, the digital fashion show. I don't think I've ever heard of it, but it's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, yeah. Come us in. Well, thanks so much for joining us. And we'll talk soon, Nathan. Thank you very much. All right. Always making deals here on Edge of NFT. <laughs> it's fun. Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Well, it looks like it'll be fun to head on over to our quick hitter segment this time around. And I think what we can do today, since we have two guests, we'll try to squeeze it in. We'll hit both of you with these questions, but we'll try to keep the answers extra brief. Here's an idea of what Quick Hitters is. It's a fun and quick way to get to know you guys a little bit better. We're looking for just a short, single, or few-word response, but feel free to expand if you get the urge. Are you guys ready? Yes, sir. Let's go. Very nice. All right. Question number one. We'll go to Paul first. Paul, what is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? Toy space gun <laughs> in Taiwan. One of those little like toy kind of space guns. In Taiwan. In Taiwan, yeah. Not made in Taiwan, but in Taiwan. I was made in Taiwan. We were made in Taiwan. And the space gun might have been made in Taiwan too. Do you have like a tattoo that says made in Taiwan, like on the back of your neck or something? I was thinking about getting one. You got it. Don't come back and complain to me though if it gets old. All right. <laughs> Go down over to Galen. What's the first thing you ever purchased in your life? This is probably not the first thing I purchased, but the first thing that I remember is Dr. Dre, the Chronic 2001 CD. Nice. That is OG, man. I love it. All right. We'll go right back to you, Galen, for this one. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? 
probably cannabis. All right. Cannabis. That is actually cannabis. not the first time that's come up on the show, but it is Web3, right? Yeah. I grew up in Mendocino County. So yeah, I got started a little earlier than others, probably. <laughs> Just a rite of passage. Yes. <laughs> All right. Question number two over to you, Paul. What's the first thing you remember selling in your life? I was quite the budding entrepreneur early on. I think when I was in second grade, me and a couple of the neighborhood kids would go around collecting all the cans and bottles because you could ask and we'd just build stockpiles of them. And then our parents would take us to the recycling center, get like two bucks. <laughs> and then I take that to like Safeway and play Asteroids. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cans and bottles versus cannabis. Nothing like has changed that. really. Video games, video games, <laughs> yeah. toys, space. It's I'm just a big kid now. Nothing's changed. There you go. All right. Well, back to you in this one, Paul. What is the most recent thing you purchased? The most recent thing that I've purchased, I've been buying a bunch of modular synthesizer gear. So I've been going down the modular rabbit hole, which is essentially creating your instrument and tuning in the aliens. Very cool. And Galen, what about you? Last thing I purchased was a subscription to a third AI note taker so that I can compare which one I like the best. Nice, nice. A little ABC testing there. Firefly, I purchased Firefly. I've been using Otter and Supernormal, and I like Supernormal the best so far, but they don't have an app like Otter. So I'm just trying to figure out which one works the best for my use case. Well, we were a bit frustrated because your Otter was trying to join our podcast recording. (laughs) AI's already trying to take over. All right. I had some kind of AI summarize a meeting. I was just, and I don't even remember subscribing to it. So there's something there. I don't know what's going on. All right. So Galen, what's the most recent thing you sold? Most recent thing I sold was a drone. I sold a drone that I'm not using anymore. Nice. You got an upgrade? Yeah, I have the Mavic Cine 3 and I've had the Mavic 2 Pro for like the last year to sit in my closet. So I just finally sold it. Makes sense. Ditch those old drones. Paul, what about you? I don't know if I ever sell anything. I just like keep it all. I'm a pack rat. People have to force me. I could be on an episode of Hoarders. <laughs> well, I'll give you a hint. Did you sell a <laughs> membership lately? Did you sell <laughs> drink maybe? You know, That's the business. That's yeah, not that's him business. personally. Yeah, yeah. No personal sales. So no personal sales. Got it. All right, perfect. All right, next question, number five. Back to you, Paul. What is your most prized possession? Probably a couple paintings. There's a couple of paintings from my favorite artists. There's one called Transcendental Disaster from Mars One. It's just a magical painting. You guys will get to see it. It's going to be in the museum. It'll be augmented. And it's just a magical, like, it's what heaven, I think, would look like. <laughs> awesome. How about you, Galen? What's your most prized possession? I would say right now, it's being able to be working here at the Future Factory with Paul and all the amazing people that we're interfacing with daily. Like, this is, I can't put a cost on it. It's better than any material thing that I have right now in my life. All right. Sounds good. Well, if you would like to acquire something else, question number six asks, if you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical, service or experience that is currently for sale, what would it be, Galen? It would probably be my dream eco resort that's been already built and I could just buy it from them. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Prefabricated, perfect resort. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. And then back to you, Paul, if you could buy anything in the world, digital physical service experience currently for sale, what would it be? It'd be a spaceship all day. (laughs) Just the actual, see now. One that's super luminal though. Yes. I don't have years and years to try to just travel at the speed of light only. I need like warp drives. I want to visit (laughs) other galaxies. It's a big universe out there. Yeah. I have to say, now I think about it, we've had several guests say, that they would like to buy a trip into space. But nobody's actually said, hey, why don't I just get the actual spaceship? (laughs) Take it whenever I want. (laughs) Exactly. Right now I'm building nightclubs that look like spaceships. So someday I can build spaceships that look like nightclubs. (laughs) There you go. Perfect. There you go. That's awesome. All right, Paul, I'm excited to hear your answer to this one. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? I think just my creative passion and energy and spark to always be building and to just share the wonder and the mystery of existence and just to keep building. I love that. The wonder and mystery of existence. Yeah, that's beautiful. What about you, Galen? Honest, inspiring, optimistic intention. Like, I don't know. I want people to be optimistic about the future and all of the ways that technology can help us live more harmoniously with each other in the planet. Like there's so much potential within reach and we just need to keep believing that anything is possible and we'll be able to create whatever we want to. 
I wonder if there's like a German word for that, like Farfenugen. <laughs> the joy of the future. If there isn't a it's word for Peter that. Spigen, Sluber, Slabbit, Snippet, Snappet. There you Something go. Something like that. Yeah. Back to you, Galen. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would it be? Overthinking. All right. Well, you didn't overthink that answer. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul, what about you? What personality trait would you eliminate? Stress. Kind of stress is always a perpetual battle. Yeah. It's the eustress and the distress, right? It's like, I pursue the eustress, get rid of the distress. I think this is the plight of the entrepreneur, right? Because I think stress can be healthy and cause drive to get things done faster than other people would think is possible. But it's also very stressful to have those ambitious goals and to try to execute them. So it's definitely a double-edged sword there. Appreciate your response. All right, we're going to move on to number nine and we'll kick it back to Paul. Easy. What did you do just before joining us on this podcast? I was problem solving. (laughs) I was juggling planets. My avatar is the interdimensional robot juggling planets. So we have two events. There was some miscommunication. We had a podcast. We had a podcast studio to set up. So we were doing our thing. Yeah, taking care of business. All right. How about you, Galen? What were you doing? Before you joined us. Earlier this morning, I was using ChatGPT to write the bio that I gave you for this podcast. And (laughs) I also was generating some mid-journey avatars to sell Pride Month that started today. Awesome. Well, I hope ChatGPT didn't fabricate any of your history because it's not good at history. (laughs) What I use it for is I basically write a bio. Like I wrote my bio and then I just run through ChatGPT. I think a lot of people are having issues with AI because they're treating it very transactionally. And if you can actually talk to it like an amazing writer and kind of like, here's the first draft, like run with it. Like you can do amazing collaborations with AI. You just need to know how to talk to it. Totally get that. All right. So we covered what you did before. And the next is the reciprocal back to you, Galen. What are you going to do next after the podcast? Get back to work here every day in the Future Factory, working on all the amazing things that are coming in the future. And so I'm going to probably sync with Paul and see what's next on the list to get done. All right. Checking them off the checklist. All right, Paul, finally, let's wrap it up with you. What are you going to do next after the podcast? Oh, I got a bottleneck of meetings waiting for me, but I've got an incredible team of super creators that are showing up today. And it's the fun part. We're jamming, we're iterating. I love to bring as many creative powerhouses to the table as possible. All right. And I understand we have a bonus question Josh would like to ask. Let's hit that, Josh. Yeah, Paul, you've been in the nightclub and sort of event business for a long time. What is the most memorable performance, any of your venues that you had the opportunity to experience firsthand? Wow, there's been so many. But I think one of the most memorable experiences that I've had of late was the first event that we got to throw after the pandemic there was a certain magic that was in the air after being shut down for two years and so much of what everybody took for granted, taken away, like dancing, hanging out with your friends, going out to a venue. And when we were able to fill that room, I was in Denver for this artist named Medusa, who had a bunch of hits. And it was just, I'm getting goosebumps actually a little bit reflecting on that moment because it really was magical to see everybody there. It was like, New Year's times 100. It was just palpable electricity in the room and it was magical. Medusa, cool. We'll check that performer out too. It's so nice to get goosebumps and not think it's a (laughs) symptom of a fever from COVID or something. (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes our uh, quick hitter segment. And so we'll get on to the next one. That will be our shout out. So we like to give you guys an opportunity, you know, one or two people or projects or anything you think might be fun to shout out. We can give them a tag on the socials or something. Anybody come to mind, Paul or Galen? I mean, I just want to shout out my team, my incredible team that I would not be able to do this without. I have the vision and the dream and I get to build the container, but it'd be nothing without all of the incredible visionaries. I'm a leader of leaders. And so there's just so many people that have helped contribute to this project, really 20 years of people. Awesome. Love it. Anybody for you, Galen? Yeah, I was going to mirror Paul, all the people that were working with daily to bring this vision to life. From Irene handling Mirror's art gallery and all the special events, Melissa's special events. We just brought on Andrew Seeley, who's going to help curate our wellness program. He's an incredible Ali yoga instructor. We have a lot of different people that we're working with, and it's incredible to work at such a high level with some of the most brilliant minds on the planet. Awesome. Love it. Brilliant minds, leader of leaders. Can't get any better than that. 
Well, that's kind of nice to note to end on sort of the general podcast content. So we'll start to wrap it up here. And the next thing would be just to find out where listeners can go to learn more about you and the projects that you're working on. So, uh, Paul, what do you think? Where should we go? Websites, social stuff like that? Yeah, right now, I mean, we have futurefactory.xyz, where you can kind of find all the information about our membership model. We're just about to kind of launch our V2 of the website, and all the information will be there. Yeah, we're also on Instagram at futurefactoryxyz and on Twitter, futurefactoryla. And you can find Discord links on both of our social channels. And yeah, we've been posting about events that we've been having. We're not officially open until September, but if you follow us on our socials, you can maybe hear about some pop-up events that are happening before then. And we're going to be having the 10-year anniversary of Mirrors Art Gallery on 7-7. And we're going to be having an incredible art exhibit with Orbseer. He's unveiling his new project on a 75-foot screen. It's a 3D screen. I've seen a lot of amazing stuff in my life. He's my favorite living visual artist. And so he's having an event here, 623 and 624, announcing those ticket links on our social channels as well. So there's lots of magic happening and looking forward to sharing it with you all. Yeah, that's going to be a great one. I actually heard about that from one of the individuals with whom he collaborated on his first exhibit. And they said that it got so big, they had to move it to a new venue. And I was wondering, hmm, I wonder what venue that is. I wonder if it's Future Factory. So confirmed, makes a lot of sense. So that was a really popular sold out exhibit over a year ago. And so this one, I'm sure, is going to be really incredible as well. And guys, thanks. We're doing a pretty incredible giveaway. So if you're enamored by Future Factory, Paul and his team have graciously given us one of the OG Genesis memberships. Is that correct, Paul? That's right. So tune in to our socials for that contest. It's going to be epic. One of the more highly valued contests that we've done. I mean, a lifetime membership to a multiple city Web3 sort of think tank. You're not going to want to miss this contest. Thanks, guys. Yeah, awesome stuff. And just to follow up, people didn't get the idea. You'll see on the video, you'll see on the websites, beautiful spaces, inspiring visually, but it's the people also that really what it comes down to is the people that you meet in places like this. So don't forget that when you enter to try to get your hands on that, it's not just a pretty picture or a fun space. It's a lot of cool relationships that you're able to get into. Yeah, It's a lifetime membership of unlimited nightlife music events, unlimited yoga events, unlimited art events. There's a lot there. So it's hard to wrap your head around, but it's a lifetime to be able to come in this space whenever you want when we're open to the public. Rock on. All right. Well, we have officially reached the outer limit at the Edge of NFT Sport today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventurers on this starship, maybe Paul's starship as well. Invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now. Rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Look us up on all major social platforms by typing Edge of NFT with no spaces and start a fun conversation with us online. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. We understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.